Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And joining us now is the great investigative journalist, also founder of Just the News, John Solomon. John, great to have you here on the show. Yeah, great to be with you, Rita. You know, this is a blockbuster. You had a big scoop about some prior warnings about security because it's always been like, oh, gosh, we had no idea that things could get out of hand. Nobody requested security. (laughs) Um, Tell us what you uncovered. Yeah, listen, it's the, it's the issue that the Democrats on the January 6th committee will not allow to be investigated. What did we know? What didn't we know it? And why did a $600 million a year police department be unable to uh, thwart a group of rebel rousers from overtaking the Capitol? And the, what we've learned is that over, through thousands of pages of documents we've gotten from sources that the Capitol Police Department repeatedly uh, received warnings beginning on December 21st, 2020, so three weeks before the rally, that uh, there were people on the Internet plotting, planning, and talking to overrun uh, the Capitol, to literally target the Capitol, to storm the Capitol, to harm lawmakers, to target the tunnels around the Capitol and gain penetration through that, those means, and to disrupt the counting or certification of the electors. All of those documents have now made public on Just the News. You can click through and read all of the real-time police intelligence reports. And so it begs the question, if they had that much warning, why did they not have a security posture the morning of January 6th? And the answer is, while the intelligence was coming in and it was getting to the highest levels of the department, not the police chief, but below the police chief at the deputy chief level, uh, the rank-and-file officers were being told, and I actually post a couple of these documents, there's no known threats to occur on January 6th. So most Capitol Police officers went to work the morning of January 6th thinking it was going to be a normal day with a rally outside when, in fact, its own intelligence division had extreme, extensive, continuous warnings coming in from the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, the U.S. Marshal Service, and the Metropolitan Police Department in the Washington, D.C. area. So uh, three days afterwards, one of their chief uh, and most trusted intelligence analysts, a guy named Eric Hoare, wrote an email to the top brass in the department saying, you know what, we have to get real. We had significant warnings, and we didn't act on it. We didn't put an operational plan together. I'm still nauseous, he wrote, knowing that the colleagues I worked alongside have had to go through all that trauma on January 6th when we could have prevented it. And he lays out in very clear detail the fact that the department had known for weeks that there was a plan to storm the Capitol and didn't appropriately adjust its plan. And and he goes on to raise the question as to why. And he says, I fear that politics and optics trumped actionable intelligence, meaning people made political decisions uh, that had nothing to do with security, and it thwarted the proper security posture of uh, the department. And uh, across the board, when you talk to officers, I've interviewed many of them in the police department the last three months, um, they all say to a T, January 6th was completely preventable as a security episode. We simply didn't put a plan together to address the threat we knew was emerging. All those documents are now in public, including the whistleblower's really famous uh, uh, email. It had never been public before, but you can read his email, what he told his bosses. 
Afterwards, this man now works for the Homeland Security Department, training police agencies like Capitol Police how not to make another intelligence failure like this. But he witnessed it. He called it out. And the Democrats on the January 6th committee aren't willing to uh, to go down this path and try to answer this question for the American public, fortify the Capitol for future problems like this. And tonight, I interviewed Congressman Rodney Davis. He's a top Republican on the House Administration Committee, the committee that oversees Capitol. And he says that there are many more era corps, many more whistleblowers that have come forward in the last few months providing extensive detail to the intelligence failures, the planning failures, the security failures. And he, like, uh, like Eric Hor said, there is overwhelming evidence that January 6th could have been prevented. Wow. Uh, we suspect there's going to be more of this coming out over the next few weeks. Um, John, stay with us if you could. We're going to talk with you more after the break. And also another blockbuster that there was an FBI informant tied to Russia. Well, joining us now to talk about this and a lot of other big news, we continue with the great investigative journalist John Solomon of Just the News here on The Rita Cosby Show. Um, John, I have a million questions also to ask you about the Capitol Hill report, which you just shared. Um, But first off, um, what do we know about these subpoenas, too? The fact that there was this flurry of subpoenas and also the seizure of a whole bunch of cell phones. We're hearing that there's going to be another January 6th hearing, probably, uh, what is it, September 28th. Where do you see this going? Well, listen, the the January 6th committee has acted as a private investigator, forwarding information to the Justice Department, and it is part of the Democrat strategy to find some way to disqualify Donald Trump from running for office. That's not my words. Those are the words of people like Jamie Raskin, uh, one of the members of the January 6th committee. Their goal, they said, was to find some form of criminality or wrongdoing by Donald Trump that would disqualify him under the Constitution or under law from running again for office. So they've been overt in what they say their intention is. What we're seeing right now is a large vacuuming process. More than three dozen subpoenas were issued since last week, going to anyone and everyone who had something to do with the events around and leading up to January 6th. And these subpoenas seem to be focused on three areas. Fundraising, one of the rally events that Donald Trump was a direct organizer and participate, uh, participant in, and then alternate electors or uh, uh, the effort to get some states to send a different slate of electors than the ones that were going to support Joe Biden at the January 6th certification. And that's the three buckets that the subpoenas seem to ask about. There's a lot of different people and, and lawyers and, and other folks mentioned, but it's a, it's a vacuuming exercise to see what they can find and see if they can create the form of criminal case that, that some Democrats have been clamoring for against Donald Trump. And it is a remarkable sight to see an FBI turned by one president against the president's opposition party, but that's really what's happened here. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see if there were crimes committed and whether the FBI or the Justice Department can prove that. Yeah, it is stunning to see this. The other thing I want to ask you is that what you just said about um, this witness, this whistleblower, uh, Eric Kaur, you were saying, who's, you know, credible guy. He's with Homeland Security. Why, why not, even if, uh, you know, in the meantime, why not have them come out and do a press conference? Have, have like, you know, has Congressman Davis or other people talked about somehow getting them out there? Because clearly their name's out there. 
Yeah, listen, the documents clearly are there. I, a lot of these uh, gentlemen still have jobs. They work for the Capitol Police under the direction of uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Some of these officers, including Eric Kaur, faced significant retaliation for being bold enough to call out their bosses for the failures. So these whistleblowers are scared. They've been retributed against. But there is an effort by Republicans to put together a report, what they would call the alternative report to the January 6th committee. I think it will have some extraordinary information, not only more whistleblowers, as Rodney Davis confirmed tonight, but text messages showing, this is something that Rodney Davis said tonight to me, uh, text messages showing that uh, Nancy Pelosi and her team were very involved in the security decisions that led to the bad posture that day on January 6th. That's something the January 6th committee has not allowed to be explored. Republicans are planning in the next few weeks to release a detailed report, including with text messages, emails, and whistleblower testimony. I, I would expect that to come out by early October at the latest. That's what I was going to ask you prior to the midterms, obviously, yes. because that's a blockbuster. If they can show that Nancy Pelosi was so well aware and said, no, no need or keep this quiet or whatever the case is, um, or at least even just being alerted to it and clearly not doing anything, uh, which we surmise was the case based on other reports that you've had. You've done some great work on this. That, to me, is a blockbuster, don't you think, John? Yeah, listen, we know from the police documents that I got, the Capitol Police official timeline, that uh, when Chief uh, Sund, then the chief of the Capitol Police, asked for uh, National Guard troops, which had been offered to him already, the, the Pentagon had offered it, the Trump Pentagon had offered them on January 2nd. Originally, the police turned it down, then they get cold feet, realize, hey, there may be some trouble here. They asked for permission to get the National Guard, which is something they had to do. Nancy Pelosi, Sergeant Arm, came back and said the Democratic leadership did not like the optics. That's the word that's in the documents. They did not like the optics of having troops trying walking around the Capitol providing security. And that's why you see in Eric Hoare's memo, he says, I can't believe we let optics and political decisions trump intelligence and security requirements. Uh, but that word optics, you're going to hear that a lot when Republicans put out their report in a couple of weeks. Yeah, boy, will that be a blockbuster if they can show that clearly uh, she was alerted to this. And obviously they've ignored that. They, we haven't heard from any of the Capitol Hill you know, leadership, too. Remember, a couple of them were fired or left. I mean, there's just there are so many questions. Before I let you go, John Solomon, I want to ask you also about um, this other big blockbuster with this. Yeah, this uh, Igor Denchenko, right, who was on the payroll. This is this John Durham bombshell. Tell us about that. It is. So we all know about Christopher Steele, how the the Steele dossier turned out to be really bunk. It never turned out to be corroborated whatsoever. Uh, But the man who turned out to be the primary source for that was a Russia businessman, a businessman named Igor Danchenko, that the FBI began to suspect as early as 2008 was actually working as an agent of Russian intelligence here in the United States. Why did they think that? They developed evidence that he was offering to pay Obama administration officials to sell him classified information. He'd give them money. They'd give him classified secrets. He'd give it to the Russian government. So he's on their radar for nearly a decade as someone They had a full counterintelligence investigation of him. And then all of a sudden the Trump allegations come through. Christopher Steele gets fired because he was leaking to the media as a confidential human source. And they go to this man, a man who they've suspected is a Russian agent, and they hire him and they put him on the payroll and they do it after they catch him in new lies. When they start debriefing him and they realize that most of the stuff Christopher Steele wrote that was sourced in wasn't true, things like the sex tape in in, uh, Moscow with Donald Trump, all things that have been disproven now, he lies to them nonetheless. They said, have you ever been with Russian intelligence? He says, no. And he said, well, we know you're lying. They said, oh, yeah, I guess I did meet with him. 
after lying, after having the security concerns, after all the failures of the Steele dossier, they put this man on the taxpayer's dole and they pay him for three years as a confidential human source to pursue Donald Trump and the Russia collusion negations anew. A remarkable bombshell from uh, the uh, John Durham filing that came in Monday night. It is remarkable, and his trial, Igor Danchenko's trial, is going to be starting in a couple of weeks, early October, in eastern Virginia, right here in, uh, by the Washington, D.C. suburbs. You're going to see the Christopher Steele dossier put on trial, and you're going to see the judgments of the FBI, the James Comey, Andy McCabe FBI be put on trial as part of this Danchenko criminal case. Yeah, no question. And the fact that it comes from Durham, who has been really measured. Um, yes. Where do you think, when are we going to get this like final report from him? And do you think there will be any big surprises there or not? Oh, I think there'll be a lot more surprises. I think he has dug down into every aspect of the FBI's failures. And this is just one example, something he had in his back pocket. He drops a few weeks before the trial. I don't think we'll see many more indictments. The grand jury activity has really slowed to a halt after he lost the trial against Michael Sussman in the summer. And I think that Danchenko may be his last major criminal case, unless something changes. And then uh, a major report, which has been drafted for the last year. Many sections of it have been drafted over the last year. I think we get that before the end of the year. Probably not before the election, but probably before the end of the year. Wow. Well, that is really, really explosive. Um, That's amazing to hear. And we'll see where it goes, especially with the revealing of this now at a time where the politics of the FBI are really front row and center after the Trump raid, too. Um, Thank you so much, John. Keep us posted. You always have such great, awesome reporting. Thanks, Rita. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. You too. And everybody, check it out on justthenews.com. Make sure you check it out. Um, You can go to John Solomon's social media, too, uh, J. Solomon Reports on Twitter, um, and it has a lot of this information up there. Do not miss it. He always has such great, great stuff. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.